0: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat.
1: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Happy Monday. It is the 26th of September. You did some renos this weekend. Yeah, a little bit, just for fun, just for fun. A fun reno. Yes. Fun. Oh, I just
0: like for fun. that. Well, be talking about doing it for a while. Just uh, one of the walls in the in the primary bedroom. I wanted to do something. We wanted to do something fun there for a while, and I wanted to paint it black. And I know that's not for everybody. A black but I want, bedroom. Yeah, a black. Just one wall, just for dramatic effect. Where the bed is, just just right there. Put the bed right against the black wall. But then there's, oh, what's the words for it? I don't know. Um, We have uh, wood panels that pop out, though, in different shapes. It's kind of cool looking. So anyway, completed that. Actually, literally, yesterday we did everything woke up, went to the hardware store, bought the supplies. I did a little bit of painting, but it's really hard for two people to paint with little kids around. So I, (laughs) my husband did the majority of finishing the painting and then, yeah, I I was really happy with the results. So I was not planning it. That was not a plan. I just had a Sunday free and I was like, let's just do something fun. So yeah, that and I mopped the floors. So very exciting weekend over at my house.
1: It was the first weekend of fall and I felt like it felt like fall. The temperature is cooperating with autumn-like conditions and, and, it was the surreal moment. I was in the living room and I had the Bills game on. Fuck, they lost. Ah. But I had the Bills game on. We had a soup cooking in Look the, in the kitchen. And I thought, ah, here it is. I've got pants on. For the first time in months, <laughs> football's on and and we've got a nice fall smell in a soup cooking on the stove. So it is officially autumn, everybody. And, and there's a lot to talk about in this episode of After 9 because some things have changed. For about 10 days now, we've been listening to the government slowly leak out that... They're going to let the mandates expire at the end of the month. And they did that because there's so many people who are COVID crazy that are still just scared to death that this this virus is going to come out of nowhere and infect them and kill them. And they're worried about that. And they're they're trusting Justin Trudeau to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Well, Justin knows that the rest of the country has figured it out, that this is not the big deal that we thought it was two years ago. And even if it does become a big deal, which it can for some, we have drugs to treat them. So we're in good shape. So they're going to let the mandate expire at the end of the month. This is one that got renewed every three months for the last two years. No more. It ends. But there was a lot of people wondering, what about the masks, though? Because we're the like one of the only countries on Earth where you still have to wear a mask on a plane or on a train. It's gone. Gone. The mask mandate is gone. You know, the rest of the world has basically... Low key been making fun of us for a while because the rest of the countries dropped their mask requirements ages ago. So, for example, if you were on a flight from New York to Toronto, soon as they got into Canadian airspace... Some airlines would come on and say, yeah, everybody, we're flying into Canada and they still (laughs) have a mask mandate. (gasps) So everybody has to put their mask on.
0: I'm thinking nobody's happy. Well, I mean, travelers, I'm sure, are happy, especially the regular travelers. They're probably happy. That's great. But I think beyond that, the people working, working for the airlines are probably the happiest people because they don't want to take out so much time of their flight to remind people to put their masks on, which they do. The last flight I was on, they had to go on the intercom like four or five times. Another reminder, wear your mask. You can get fined up to $5,000 or whatever the <laughs> heck. We have to do this. We have to remind you, Just re- unless you're eating or drinking, please put your mask on. And that you could tell they were just exhausted with just saying it. Like, they have other shit to do. That's that's important. That's high priority. Then reminding people constantly to put your fucking mask on.
1: You're absolutely right. This should have never been their responsibility to enforce anyway. This is something that they don't want to do. They know it doesn't work. None of their uh, their colleagues in other airlines or other countries' airlines are having to do this. And, and like I said, the other countries were basically making fun of us. If you were on a flight that was going to... Europe, for example, soon as the plane door closes, woohoo, take your mask off. Yeah. And they turn it into like a big party, like a big thing, but here got to wear your mask, but not anymore. We're finally caught up. No more mask mandate. No more vax mandate. Arrive can is optional. And what's the other one? There was the vaxes, the arrive can. Oh, the testing too, because oh, there were so right. many people that had to go through the testing. Um, arrive can is one in particular that has people divided. I have said it before, and maybe it's not a popular opinion, but I don't mind arrive can. I actually do find it kind of convenient to be able to do it on your phone, particularly when you're flying. I do get though that it's a major problem for border towns because anytime an American. Might have thought, yeah, I'll skip over to Canada and do some shopping. I'll go over to Canada and hit a bar or a club or something. Go to their casinos. Ah, shit. I don't have an arrive can. And I don't want to get it either. So they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't come. Yeah. So now a lot of the barriers are down. We can finally start getting back to normal. But it remains to be seen how Trudeau is going to do it. He he sent out a weird tweet last week that was almost like a threat warning us to keep up to date with our vaccinations so that we can continue to do the things we love. Justin, I, I don't know if that was a tweet that you drafted a year ago and just press send now, or if you actually typed that out this week, but just so you know, it came off like a threat, and people are not going to put up with it this time.
0: I mean, I think all the politicians that are are going, most, I shouldn't say all, A lot. there's a lot of po- politicians doing that. It's just that obviously the difference is he's running the country, right? As opposed to a mayor, a small town mayor. I've seen a ton of those kinds of tweets. Yeah. Like, don't forget guys to sign up for this or the whatever, this, this one's available now, sign up. You see it all the time. You really do, especially in politics, it seems. It's just that obviously this is going to get more attention because he's talking about a country as opposed to a small
1: town. Well- We seem to be at a bit of a disconnect because they were warning us as soon as the fall hits, the respiratory season, as they're calling it now, respiratory season means there's going to be a lot of shit going around and COVID is probably going to make a recovery and and start picking up again. And then there's going to be regular colds and flus and all those other horrible things.
0: Yeah, we all know about those.
1: Seems like a weird time to be dropping it now. You'd think they would have used a little bit of foresight and, and got rid of this back in July. Because the threat of COVID in the summertime, as we all know, is not nearly what it is in the wintertime, a.k.a. respiratory season.
0: Where's the forecasting, by the way? Is that gone now? Refresh my memory here. Because usually it's like there's a doom and gloom report of some kind leading up to. The models?
1: Yeah. Well, see, that's another And, and don't
0: get me wrong. I don't want them. I'm just asking where where are they at? Because is there, are they basing it on that?
1: Well, we've got that fucker, Peter Uni. We need to stop moaning. He's gone now, as right. far as I know, and good riddance to that guy. We
0: need to change our attitudes. Yeah, I haven't heard much from him, so I assume and he's done.
1: The Ontario science table has basically been disbanded and mm-hmm. absorbed by the Ministry of Health, and that's fine, good riddance to them too, because a lot of people lost their job and, and so many things based on those models. Most of the time, they were never accurate anyway. And even federally, Teresa Tam has been really laying low, although she is appearing in a new series of ads to promote vaccination and things like that. I think now they've finally figured out how to read the room that people are not putting up with it. Mm -hmm. They're sick of it. They know politically it's working against them. And that's part of the reason that the support for the the conservative party is as high as it is, is because they've been saying for months, get rid of this shit. We don't need this shit anymore. And you guys keep it up just to create some sort of a weird theater. Now, if the plan is to bring back these mandates or to require a proof of vax i.e. a third, fourth, or fifth shot down Mm -hmm. the line if new variants come, they should probably tell us that now. Tell us that that's the plan. But it seems like a weird time to do it when now they're dropping the mandates. Uh, Trudeau's behind the ball on this one. He should have done this months ago in case it does get serious in the fall and winter. It won't be cancel them at the beginning of October and bring them back in the middle of November. That would have been stupid. They should have done this much sooner, but now we're finally getting to a place where we can move past this. And here's where we find ourselves now, everyone. If you want a shot, this new bivalent shot, the one that apparently targets Omicron, the one that apparently still also targets the original strain of COVID, if you want that shot, there are millions of them. Millions. And there's probably not even going to be a very big line if you want to go get one. Mm. Uh, in Where we do our FM radio show in Kitchener-Waterloo. There was a number of mass vax clinics that were open at the height of waves one and two Mm -hmm. when everybody was going to get shots. They actually reopened one of them. Which is,
0: by the way, massive. And funny enough, for those who don't know, it was an old Rona location, which was even better.
1: The fact that they were doing Rona (laughs) shots in an old Rona is fucking brilliant. my
0: favorite part. Yeah. yeah, And this place so picture a Rona. Guys, you know what a Rona would look like. That's how big it is. I don't think they're going to fill it. No. At any time.
1: But I mean, is this their inability to read the room? Or or do they have some weird data that suggests they're going to need to be able to vaccinate thousands of people? In a day? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, will they be surprised to learn of how many do go out to get it? I don't know. I don't, think they sh- I don't think they should be. I think you'd be pretty out of touch to be too shocked. And that said, of course, there's some people that have been waiting on this one. Good. Great. Go go, book your appointment. Get it done.
1: Last Sunday, Joe Biden said the pandemic is over. And Trudeau was asked about that when he was in New York last week at the UN General Assembly. And he wouldn't say it's over, Mm -hmm. but everything he's doing now seems to indicate it's over. Dropping the last remaining mandates tells me it's over. I don't know if there's still a mandate in the federal civil service, but if there is, they got to drop that too. All of them got to go because the place we find ourselves at now, September 26th, 2022, later than almost every other country on earth, but we're finally here. COVID is now your problem. It's on you. Mm -hmm. If you're worried, wear a mask. If you think you need it and it's safe to do so, go get a shot. If you're immunocompromised, talk to your doctor and see what they recommend. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can pre-get the note written so that you can get the Paxlovid the the ah. antiviral drug if you happen to catch it so yeah. you don't have to jump through hoops you have to start being responsible for your own health everyone sure. the government has been in our lives for way 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 too long and now they're finally starting to see themselves out of it and i hope that we don't go back down a road where we ever have to give strangers our personal medical information again but if we do let's remember how we got to where we were today mm-hmm. it was pressure It was persistent pressure. It was people standing up and saying, enough is enough. We've done what we were told to do. If there's still a problem, then we just got to learn to live with the problem. And there is still a problem. Make no mistake, there's still a virus out there. They call it COVID-19, and it does make some people very, very sick. Most people are going to survive it. In fact, the vast 98% are going to be just fine. Some people will have to go to the hospital to get it treated because their body can't do it on its own. And in some cases, they'll give you drugs. Maybe they'll put you on a respirator. I have no idea. We don't want it to get to that. So you just do you. If you're in a situation where you're worried, wear a mask. Me personally, I only ever wear a mask in one scenario. When I walk around the halls of where we work, because it's still required where we work.
0: I was going to mention the one thing, too, with all of the the mandates coming to an end from what we hear, fine, good. But I do also find it interesting a lot of workplaces changing changing theirs in the last little while. I was just talking to a friend of mine this weekend who said I have the workplace that was one of these very very hardcore if you test positive or anyone in your house or or anyone that's been near you in the within 2 days or whatever test positive, you're staying at home, you're staying at home for 2 weeks, right? It was like one of these like pretty hardcore ones. And I know there's a lot of places that did that at one point, but was still doing that up until recently. And now they went from this really hardcore if someone in your household even or someone you came in contact with test positive, stay home for 10 days to if you're feeling good, even if you test positive, come in. Yeah. Like they're just saying if you test positive, you can still come in. Not even like you test a positive, stay away from us. It's, well, are you feeling okay? Like, If you have no symptoms, it's fine. Just, just please wear a mask. And it's a request more than a demand. And I mean, it's bonkers how much we turned a corner. A lot of workplaces have turned a corner and you hope absolutely. If you test positive, do all the right things. Don't go near people, do your best. If you, if your work says to go in and you don't have symptoms, okay, fine. But maybe just wear a mask just in case you might not be symptomatic with someone else's. So all those things, right? That we, even when we talk about colds and everything else, be smart, but aside from that, I do find it interesting how many workplaces are changing their tune on it or barely even having anything in place. Like, it's just like, are you sick? Okay, cool. Stay home for a couple days. That's it.
1: Live your life, everybody. COVID is over. <laughs> Well, all right, with an asterisk. Yeah. COVID is still out there, the COVID pandemic, and I think this is what crazy Joe Biden was trying to say, the hysteria part of of COVID where we're ordering people to get shots or lose their job and their livelihood, where we're freezing people's bank accounts if they dare protest it, all that shit, that's over. Now it's on you to protect yourself. Wear a mask if you want. Get a shot. If you want, if you want to uh, uh, get another shot on top of the shot, you go ahead and do that. The rest of us, though, we're going to move on and and no shaming either way. I see it. I see people saying things like, oh, I'm excited because now I can get my, my booster shot and it's the Omicron one. Don't shit on somebody who posts Mm -hmm. that. If they want to get their shot, let them get their fucking shot. They're bought and paid for. No matter what, we can't return them. So let them go (laughs) ahead and get their shot.
0: I saw that. I saw saw the shaming on a, a friend of mine who got the shots for their young ones who decided once it was okay for under five took their two kids. And I thought, "Oh no." See, I'm at the point where I wouldn't even post that to begin with, but this pers- person was proud to do it and hey, it's their Facebook page. They can post whatever they want to post.
1: This is the thing. And they
0: did. And the c- a couple of comments sure enough, like it was they were like, "Hey, well you're going to get blocked." And I'm not sure how they knew each other or anything, but I'm just thinking, "Oh my gosh, why do we have to fight constantly?"
1: But we don't. This is the I best know. part. We, we can don't. stop the fighting everybody. We don't need to have this visceral hatred for each other anymore because we disagree on something that we never should have had a wedge placed between us on. When Justin Trudeau came out and said, you're a a racist or a misogynist or whatever if you don't have a shot, that was horribly wrong. When he divided people who made a perfectly legal medical choice to not get vaccinated and he tried to shame them and he didn't allow them to travel on planes and trains and stuff, that was wrong. All of it was wrong. And it all came from the top, but it's over now. We've got to get back to fighting about normal things. We can't be fighting about COVID anymore. It's got to
0: stop. Yeah, let's fight about stupid shit. Come on. I loved
1: fighting about stupid shit. That was great. That was a good part of my yeah. day. But this just came, it became too personal. It became very, very mean spirited. And, and in a lot of ways, the damage will never be repaired. Too much has happened. We've gone too far down the rabbit hole. There's a lot of relationships that'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. But we can end the chain here. Let's stop shaming people who are getting shots. And you know what? If you are getting a shot, you had two years to shame the shit out of people who didn't want one. Your time is over. Stop that shit too. You can stop trying to convince people one way or the other to do what you think because we're back to this. And it's a very, very simple fact. Your body, your choice, your personal health, and nobody has a right to criticize you for whatever choice you make even if it is something that they they did themselves. How many people went out and got two shots and then are shaming people that are getting boosters right now? I, stop. It's got to end, guys. It really has to end. We're moving on. COVID, pandemic COVID, hysterical COVID, freaking out, shut down the world for a month COVID. That shit's over. We're learning to live with it. We've already learned how to live with it. Like yeah. you said, Kat, they're telling you come to work even if you test positive. A year ago, they were begging you to stay home if you tested positive. Now, oh yeah, fuck, you're probably fine. Yeah, are Come you
0: okay? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, Good, cool, yeah, cool, We'll, cool, we'll cool. stick you in a broom closet, in. fairly yeah, far away fine. from everybody. Yeah, fine.
1: But I mean, what a difference it makes getting to the point we're at. Thank God we're finally here. Two weeks turned into two and a half years, but nonetheless, we're here. We can move on. And that's exactly what we're going to do with no shame. Lots of regrets, but no shame. And we will just go on to another day. Kat, there's a lot of other things going on here. I, I just, I feel sick to my stomach looking at that damage on the East Coast from Hurricane Fiona.
0: It's something else, isn't it? I was watching videos all weekend of that.
1: You know, when these storms happen, and we had a lot of warning, I, I was tweeting about this more than a week ago, that this really looks like it's going to hit Nova Scotia and it's going to be bad. Yeah. It went over Nova Scotia fairly quickly and still did a ton of damage because mm-hmm. it was still powerful when it got to... Newfoundland and Labrador, when it got to PEI, and well, we all know the geography of our East Coast, beautiful East Coast. Usually when these things happen, we hear about people that, uh, I don't know, a a tree fell over and crushed them, or a hydro line was down and they got electrocuted because they were walking through a puddle, those sort of things. This one I did not see coming. So far, the only casualty of Hurricane Fiona in Canada was a woman who was washed out to sea. Mm. That's how high the storm surge was. It came in and sucked her back out into the ocean. And
0: this is someone I assume, like, I mean, I'm just going off assumption, but didn't leave their home. Probably was told to, leave.
1: you should probably leave your home and didn't. I think she was ready. They say she was a 73-year-old oh, woman. But come on. A lot of people don't know where to go in that case. You know, it's funny. We but have
0: that's, like, but what a shame though. There should have been like, there probably was outreach. There probably was. Hey, oh, do you nice. have a place to stay? Do you know? This is Canada. We know there was probably options. I don't know if the education was there in that area. I don't know, but what a shame. That's, that's terrible.
1: Let me run this by you. Cause I can't figure out if this is ironic or just sad here in Canada. We have an emergency preparedness minister. Bill Blair, former chief of police in Toronto. Right. So he's in Ottawa there and he's getting a big salary and he's got a huge staff because he's a cabinet minister whose one and only job is emergency preparedness. Well, I watched a news conference with Bill Blair and the prime minister and the defense minister yesterday. And and Bill Blair was reminding everyone, hey, if you make a donation to the Canadian Red Cross, the Canadian government will match that donation for the next 30 days. And I thought, if you're the minister of emergency preparedness... And then you have to go on two days after the emergency and beg for donations to the Red Cross. Maybe we weren't that prepared. Maybe we could have done more. Did we really do a good job at preparing Eastern Canada for the storm that was about to hit? Because I was watching it right up until the storm hit. And there was a lot of people saying things like, yeah, yeah, we've been through hurricanes before. It's always the same thing. We'll be fine. Oh, it doesn't look that bad. Oh, it's going to be bad, but we can ride it out. Did we really do everything we possibly could to be prepared? They're sending 100 troops to Newfoundland, 100 troops to PEI, 100 troops to Nova Scotia. And I'm not sure why New Brunswick isn't getting any, or maybe they are, and it was just left off the news release. Probably could have had them in place before the storm hit. Just say it. I don't know. There's a lot of prepared things we could have done to be ready for it, knowing full well what's going to happen. It just feels like... We weren't that prepared, given the extent of the damage.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we know that. I'm not sure what happened internally. It's not like they're going to tell us their full-fledged plan until things need to be done. But I'm sure they knew that this was a possibility. I don't know. But I do know that I feel so bad for the people who did leave their homes. And they did, like, the right thing, right? Okay, I'm going to leave. This is a dangerous situation. I don't want to add to you know, any casualties or have to be served, like basically carried out and someone come and pick me up or whatever. And I have family friends who did that. They, like a lot of people in this province, (laughs) moved out east this year to Nova Scotia. So they're here, they're back in Ontario. Now they're staying with relatives, but all they could do, and I just felt so heartbroken because they were updating us on Facebook, but I, all they could do was just wait for word like what's there and what's not. Mm -hmm. And they were just sending messages and sending video like this was the boardwalk we used to walk every day. Look, it's gone. This was this place that we used to go to. Oh, it's gone. I loved this restaurant. It looks like it's not going to be open for a while. (laughs) You know, like all, like look at the trees down, like trying to figure out what's on their own property, what's not, what's missing. And it's just like, try to put yourself in that position, you know, being away from your home and then just hoping for the best, fingers crossed. And then I guess I'll find out what damage was done when I get back. And it was so bad in, in some parts that downed hydro wires, like a tree downing wires, right by the ocean wasn't even top priority. That's how bad it was in some areas. It was one of those, yeah, we'll get to that when we can. Just stay away from it. That's all they could say. Stay away from the shit. There's other stuff to do, which maybe goes back to your point about how prepared were we to have these people on the ground right away? I don't know if we can answer that or if there's more to it uh, internally that happens, but I I'm I'm glad that there was at least just hopefully just one casualty because we know that more information could come to light as the cleanup continues there. But we're thinking
1: about them. Well, I'm looking at Florida because Hurricane Ian... is in the Caribbean Sea right now. And this is remarkable. Florida doesn't even have a Minister of Emergency Preparedness, and yet they're really prepared. It's Florida, though. They've preemptively declared a state of emergency a week before it even hits. So they're already sandbagging. They're boarding up windows. They're moving bottled water and supplies into strategic areas so they can rapidly distribute it after oh, the storm passes. See, that's just- that's emergency preparedness. Yeah, that's organized. And Florida's doing it. Although I'm looking at the path of this storm because I love this shit. Love it. And and this one's going to clip the western half of Cuba pretty badly, pretty good, like yeah. direct hit over western Cuba And even parts of central Cuba, before it goes up into the Gulf, gets into even warmer water and slams into Florida like crazy. I actually know a couple people that are in Cuba right now. Really? And I don't think they know what's coming. Even though the storm's only like a day or two away from Cuba, I don't think they're ready there. You You
0: really roll the dice when you book vacations in those areas this time of year. Like, we all know it's hurricane
1: season. But you get a good deal. Oh, of course you could. Yeah, the best deal. If you can manage to stay, put your two feet on the ground and stay there. Okay, but if you have an evacuation plan, I think you're good. I would probably take advantage of the cheap vacation right now. I'll never go to Cuba again. Cuba is just, it's, I am not, no, no. No. It's tempting, right? Holy shit, all inclusive for a week for like $1,200. It's great. And then you get there and you think, ah, oh, Fuck, and I'm not going to eat anything. Now I week. know why. <laughs> yeah. Twelve hundred was actually a lot.
0: I've never been because no one's ever been able to encourage me to go there. Everyone says the same thing as you: I'm like, don't bother. Do you
1: like beef that's gray? Yeah,
0: I didn't know. No? no, I'm not interested.
1: It's really. I'm not sure that's no from int- a cow. No to be honest with you. In any case, I love the Cuban people. I just don't think much of, right. and their beaches are great. I just don't think much of their service and and hotel setup there. But anyway, um, so people in Cuba. I'm thinking about you. If I were to go on a vacation in the Caribbean during hurricane season, I would totally do it. But do a quick little check. Anything in the the Gulf there? Anything coming off the Horn of Africa? No, no. Okay, we're good. I just want to go somewhere where I know they have enough flights. So if I'm going to the Caribbean, I'm going to look for busy islands. I'm going to look for the Bahamas. I'd look for Dominican. Do you know how many flights there are a day just from Canada alone? Forget the rest right. of the world. If you need to get off one of those islands, you can get off that island the same day.
0: Interesting. So that's, that's what go I like. By? Yeah. Just in case just you in case it. you want to get out of there early or stay later or whatever.
1: You need an exit strategy. Right. And right. if you've got one, you're good. Uh, one more note here about the, the hurricane before we move on. And we're guilty of it too. The company that owns us. They own us. All of us. us. They own us. The company that owns uh, the radio station and stuff is global television. We had one of our best, Anthony Farnell, chief meteorologist Mm -hmm. out on the East Coast, but he wasn't the only one. The weather network had people there. CBC had people there. CTV had people there. It was a lot of them were out there on the East Coast standing on the beach waiting for a hurricane to hit. And this used to be a neat thing like 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago where you could watch Anderson Cooper standing on a Florida beach (laughs) and then getting blown all over the place when the hurricane comes in and Mm -hmm. people are like, oh my God, that's crazy. Can you believe he did that? I don't know that we need to do that anymore. I don't know that we need to put people in harm's way anymore when we've got cameras and drones and everything else that can do it Mm -hmm. perfectly fine and, and they can narrate from just about anywhere in the world. They don't need to be standing on the beach to say, The wind's picking up and the rain's coming in hard. We can see that. We can. So to the people who do it, if they do it voluntarily.
0: Well, I think a lot of those people are like the enthusiasts that do want to be there. They would probably do volunteer,
1: but there's just the, doesn't seem like there's I'm, many other situations where it's dangerous, but I want to So work's going to pay for me to do it. Yeah, it, it's a strange thing. It, it isn't is it? a
0: strange thing. But the, no, I, I honest to goodness, I think that there's going to be people who will have to fight for those positions because they want it so bad because that's what they do. That's what they live and breathe. So, yeah, they want to be there. It they is. want to say they were there too, right?
1: Hey, listen, I'm all for be there in the aftermath and show us the damage that was done. Go in and look around and see, oh, hey, this this tree that was a thousand years old is now uprooted and gone. And in one case that did happen. It was sad. It was a massive tree mm-hmm. just taken out at the roots. Horrible. And so many restaurants damaged. I hope they bounce back quickly. But uh, I, I do love having people on the ground for that sort of thing. I just don't get the appeal anymore of standing on the beach, in 140 kilometer per hour winds, if you have to tie yourself to something for work, you're in a dangerous situation. You now, are if you do high rise construction, I get it. If you're washing windows, I get it. But to stand on the beach and watch a hurricane comes come in is is a strange thing to me now.
0: Well, my favorite is when they you can't even understand a word they're saying. So what's the point anyway? Oh and they're like the wind's whipping so hard, it's like the microphone. <laughs> I can't watch this. I can't even understand what you're saying. And I can't see your face because your, your, your hood is so far over your face you can't even see. It's insane.
1: All right. Let's switch gears here. Um, you have young kids. Mm-hmm. You knew that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those ones, yep. There's
1: a restaurant that's now created a surcharge on their bill. See, they want all of the diners to have a really good experience when they come into their restaurant. Okay. So they now charge... 10 bucks if your young kids create a scene. This could be uh-huh. a temper tantrum. Okay. It could be throwing food. It could be <laughs> uh, loud, boisterous behavior. It could be running around, seeing other customers and touching their tables and stuff. Anytime a kid creates a scene in the restaurant, it's a $10 surcharge. That's what's would dumb. you still go knowing yeah. that, hey, if you go to this restaurant, you're probably going to have a fairly peaceful experience?
0: It's so dumb. It's so dumb because I'm just trying to put myself in that position of entering a restaurant. First of all, I would love to know more about this restaurant. Is it a fancy place? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not bringing my kids to fancy places anyway. Like that's just not me. I am not the type. A date night with my husband? Yes, yes. I know where to bring my kids and where not to bring my kids. I have the sense. But I understand not everybody has the sense or they feel, no, I have a right to dine where I want to dine, regardless of my kid's age. Fine. But if you're going in, why $10? Why land on $10 as a charge? Like, yeah, it's going to be worth something. $10 it is. Like, I don't understand. If I'm going in there with little kids and I'm going to be that type of person, even if it is a fancy place to bring my kids in there knowing full well, they might misbehave a bit. You better believe if I'm, I'll spend the $10 straight up up front. Here's 10 bucks. Go ahead, kids, do whatever the hell you want. Like $10 is such a weird amount of money.
1: It's cheaper than taking them to a play place or something like that. Just go to the restaurant for 10 bucks. You can be a total asshole. Yeah,
0: like this is what I mean. $10? (laughs) That's what you decided? Not like $10 per like dumb shit your kid does just ten dollars flat okay here's the ten like go ahead kid climb underneath chairs pop up at someone's booth and be like surprise (laughs) like go ahead here's crayons this isn't even one of those restaurants where you can color but here's crayons go color on the table you know like you might as well go all out ten dollars it's such a weird thing i think that this is just their way of getting their name out there i'm sure that's what it is they want to figure out a new way to advertise without having to pay the money. And look, we're talking about it. Now, it's not accessible to us. Perhaps another restaurant owner will hear this and think, hey, that's a good idea. Maybe people who want to dine without children around will think, oh, that's good. At least we know there's no kids there. But uh, for the most part, a $10 charge just seems so silly to me.
1: While we're talking restaurants, really great article on BuzzFeed. Restaurant workers were asked What's an item on the menu that you will never order and why? If you work in a restaurant, you see some shit. Yeah. You know how shit's done. Yes. And, and right off the bat, if somebody had asked me that, I would say- I'd probably never order anything with a lemon or lime in it. Lemons and limes usually get cut up in a fairly unsanitary way. And maybe they did. Maybe they didn't wash their hands. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't wash the lemons and limes. Mm -hmm. I don't want that shit in what I'm going to be drinking directly into my body. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would agree, leave the lemons and limes unless you know where they came from.
0: That's a popular one that people will forgo.
1: But the staff weighed in on this. One person says, mine for years has been ranch dressing. It was one of my first tasks at my first kitchen job. I took one look at the recipe, four gallons of mayo, two gallons of buttermilk, five packets of ranch dressing seasoning, stir together. Mm -hmm. And it looks awful. Is that really what the ranch is? It's that gross? Yeah.
0: Usually everything's pre-made in a vat and then it's good to go. But I'll tell you, there's a few things. I can give you a few tips, but you can go, is there more on this? Oh, I've got a few of yeah, them, yeah. because there's a, there's a lot of things that I don't, people don't realize though. You don't realize because you go in blind. Usually you go to a restaurant, you just order your thing and you and then you leave, that's it. But there is a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that when people find out, that's brought in in a bag and boiled, yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Well, you don't ask. You don't ask questions, you don't know answers.
1: This waiter says, unless the place is known for its homemade soups, Never order the soup. They're almost always either canned or frozen. That's not where you want to spend your dining out dollars. Mm, Okay. Appetizers. I won't order these just out of spite, says one restaurateur. I love onion rings, but paying $13 for an order of them because they were served as a tower is ridiculous. Apps are now the same price as entrees at Mm -hmm. some places, and you should opt out. You know what?
0: That's true, though. Apps are the same price as entrees. Like, sometimes you'll just get an app, I'm sure, as opposed to getting it, because you look at the price, and you're like, why would I spend that much? An app is supposed to be something small to tide you over if you're very hungry, right? I mean, that's usually what an app would be for, Mm -hmm. instead of a full-blown meal or something that's shareable with four people. Like, an app isn't meant to be that big.
1: This person says, I'll never eat the salad. I simply don't trust anyone to wash leafy greens as thoroughly as I want them washed. That's probably true too. This person says, for me, it's calamari and prawns, especially if it's listed as an appetizer. My first job as a prep cook was at a place that served this. We'd get bags and bags of prawns and those frozen blocks of calamari. I would spend hours cleaning and breading. I got pretty good at shelling and deveining prawns with one run of my paring knife, but I still hated doing it. I also got good at fingering the calamari hoods to pull out the plasticky spine and make sure it was the spine and not just a bit of frozen ice. It's a long process and people get bored as they're doing it. I refuse to order it because I remember how much it sucked for the staff that had to make it. Oh. Oh, all right. Filet mignon, tasteless and overpriced. Also, almost anything that's a wagyu cut, over six ounces. It blows your palate out. Is there anything to that?
0: I don't know. I mean, that's when you're getting really picky in the steak area, if you ask me.
1: I find, though, that people who work in the steak houses are a different breed to begin sure, with. They sure. have a total different work ethic. They're catering to it's a different clientele. Different, yeah. It's very, very different. Uh, I won't get sushi. At an empty sushi place or on a Sunday or on a Monday before <laughs> dinner time because it's probably not fresh. Okay. They'll serve you the leftover stuff and save the new order for busier times. Okay. And while we're talking about sushi, for spicy tuna sushi rolls, places often take old, less fresh tuna and then add spices to cover up bad flavor. Stick with regular tuna rolls. Okay. I've never heard of that one, but all right. What are we? What's left? What else can I eat here? Uh, Here's one that says mussels. We get them fresh from the fishery and still throw out five percent while cleaning them. Five minutes after rinsing, cleaning, draining, and portioning, there's still about two centimeters of nasty-looking brown mussel piss in the container. Oh, that's disgusting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of gross stuff that happens, though. I mean, when it comes to restaurants, you also have to realize. They they have those places now that are like peekaboo kitchens, right? Mm -hmm. So you can actually see inside and watch. You know what? You might want to opt for that if you're the type to get a little bit nervous. Because I will tell you, from working in restaurants previous that that were not an open kitchen, that were a closed kitchen, yeah, shit happens. And it's gross. I've seen garlic bread being dropped on the floor, picked back up, brought right out to the table. Oh, no. I've seen people that I literally... I, because you used to get half price, right? So after your shift or before your shift, you could pick... You get half price off of whatever you want to eat, right? There were days when a particular cook was working, I wouldn't even order it. That's how disgusted I was by the cook, that's by the chef.
1: awful. And
0: I think, yeah, dozens of people though have had the stuff out because I, he, he had been told numerous times to wash your hands. You had to be tell, told to wash your hands and reminded to wash your hands. Stop. And it. you handle food for a living.
1: That's awful. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, it's gross. It's gross. Stuff happens that's gross. This server has a good point. I won't order nachos in a restaurant. It's chips and cheese. You'll pay $16 for them to melt cheese on top of chips. Do it at home and save the money.
0: You know what? But I will say, I would have agreed with that. But look at the price of cheese and stuff now. Look at the price of all of it. Add it all all up. up. You want to make nachos like full blown. You want to cut up some jalapenos and you want to have the cheese. You want to do it right. You want to cut up some, maybe some tomatoes or some peppers or whatever you like in it. By the time you add it all up in the grocery stores now, it actually can be cheaper to just get nachos at a restaurant.
1: Two more to think about. Again, these are servers that are talking about the things they'll never order when they dine out. Lobster at a place that's not known for seafood. Where the fuck did they get that lobster? (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you don't normally, if you went into a Boston pizza and they had lobster on the menu, would you order that?
0: Well, I think, are we talking lobster? Like they wouldn't have lobster tail. They might have like a lobster dip. And then you realize, okay, they probably brought in the lobster frozen and cooked it from there. You can't really expect it to be like fresh lobster.
1: This person says, I worked at an upscale local Italian restaurant. The complimentary bread. If one table doesn't finish theirs, the untouched bread goes into whatever new bread baskets are being served. That freshly grated Parmesan sitting in a bowl at your table has probably been sifted through by some unruly 6 year old It comes from, and any leftovers go back to, the kitchen. A communal giant tub of grated cheese in the back. Mm -hmm. I never thought of that. They don't do that with the bread though, right? If I happen to leave like two pieces of bread, they're not going to repurpose that into another basket for someone else, are they? I certainly
0: would hope not. I don't think that that would happen often, but I will tell you that condiments is a big one. Condiments is a big one because they marry the condiments together at the end of the night. A lot of places still do that. Uh, So there's ketchup at the bottom of a container that's been ketchup at the bottom of the container for 10 years. It's just sitting there that maybe you'll end up getting one day, maybe not, but they continuously just refill these things and the cheese grater, maybe, maybe not would be something that would be hanging around for a long time, but a lot of places (laughs) don't keep track of that. They just don't. They just refill, 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 and then all the old shits at the bottom. And that could go for anything, by the way, that could go for mayo, that could go for mustard, I don't know, relish, all of it.
1: We're getting a little low on time. So I just want to point out a couple of things here. Number one, today it's about the size of a golf cart. It's a probe that we spent over $300 million That's There's on. a lot of money. We're going to crash it into an asteroid. Today is the day. You might even remember last year. It went up on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket in November of last year. Mm-hmm. Its whole goal, once it got into orbit, circle around, study an asteroid, and then crash into it.
0: Yeah, I remember us talking about that. And finally, the day has come.
1: They want to see if they can nudge it into a different orbit, i.e., if this fucker is coming right for the Earth, we got to stop it. Just give it a hip
0: check. <laughs> and we, we've all
1: seen the movies, Armageddon, Deep Impact, where they go up and try and blow it up. And in theory, if this works, we could probably blow it up sure. if we have a weapon powerful enough to throw it off course or to actually disintegrate it. However, we'll know after today. And the best part is, you can live stream it.
0: That's cool. Is that through NASA's website?
1: Yeah. The little kid in me that wanted to be an astronaut is super pumped about this. It is 6.8 million miles from the earth. It's a small asteroid that at present doesn't pose a threat to earth. DART is what they call it. It's double asteroid redirection test, the DART. So this DART They're going to fire up the camera on it around, let me see here, I think they said it's 5.30 our time, 5.30 Eastern time. You can log on to the NASA website and and watch as it starts to get close to the asteroid. Impact is going to occur at 7.14 p.m. What if they
0: nudge this? Because you said it's not in our path. That's great. What if they nudged it and then they, they accidentally sent it shooting our direction? Well, that's when they play- <laughs> when uh... it backfires. <laughs> like, imagine they're like, here's a test. Nudge, nudge. And they're like, oh shit, it's heading right for Earth now.
1: But I mean, wouldn't that just make sense? Wouldn't that just seem totally normal if they have to come on and say, guys, we were doing a test to see if we can blow up an asteroid and we accidentally blew it into our own path and it's coming right for us. I don't even think I'd be angry. I think I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I should have assumed that that would happen. that's going to happen. You know, I mean. Get your affairs in order, world. We (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Gentlemen, a public service announcement for you. 77% of women prefer sex on a Monday over any other day of the week. 77% like Monday. It's explained this way. Monday is a good day to fit it in before the week gets too chaotic. That's according to Lana Holstein, a doctor who was quoted in Self Magazine and who contributed to this article. They say Tuesday encounters are all business. 34% don't even bother kissing. When they're just trying to get—that's the all business part of it. All just business, quick gotcha. Into the right point. to it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And Wednesday is not a particularly good sex day. Only sixty-eight percent of women. Or sorry, sex
0: day of all days isn't that funny?
1: I know. Sixty-eight percent of women have no time for it on Wednesday. Thursday's a big masturbation day. Oh really? Okay. Apparently so. Okay. Well, you got to get tuned up for the weekend, right? <laughs> you got to get yourself back into shape. Tuned up. <laughs> Three quarters of women say they can find somebody for a Friday or Saturday if they want to get laid, but weekend sex is now more common during the day than it is at night. Oh, it's amazing how our sex lives have shifted. And I blame COVID. <laughs> I don't know why you can always blame COVID.
0: Everyone's so different though. Everyone's schedule is so different. So, I mean, sure. The, a Monday, though? A Monday. Monday. Wow.
1: I, I could get into it today. I don't know. I mean, I don't have any op- uh, options at the moment, but I think if the option presented itself, I'd be quite fine with well, doing is, it today. Is that
0: because we usually clear our schedules on Mondays, though? Like you said, one of the points was far too busy on the other days. It's so mm-hmm. like Tuesday, I've got this, and Wednesday, i got that, and Thursday, the, oh, i got to drive the kids here, or i got to do this, or I have a meeting, or whatever it is. So- It looks like we clear up our schedule a little bit on Mondays because they're Mondays, right? Because we have to catch up on whatever or get cracking at work. So maybe that is what frees us up for the sex.
1: Monday (laughs) is also a day which can be very stressful. You're going back in. You've got to get caught up on all kinds of shit. You might be tired. Yeah, You've also got to fix all the stuff that the weekend people screwed up. And it's a very busy day for a lot of people. Maybe. When you're finally done and you finally get home, maybe that's when you're thinking, yeah, I could use a glass of wine. Yeah, I will have a beer. And one thing leads to another. Could be that. Could just be the need for a release after you dealt with all the shit that you have to deal with on a Monday. If you're getting laid tonight, you are a statistic that we just quoted in the After 9 podcast. Congratulations. And, and
0: if you're not sure if you are, chances are you might be.
1: Fantasies. I guess if, if Monday's the day where you go full-blown into it, Tuesday, you can still do it, but it's more of a business type transaction. It's just very quick and to the point, not even kissing. But Monday's a good day for 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 making love, they say. All right. Maybe a little fantasy plays into it. The number one fantasy now for role play. Sorry, I should specify. Okay. Role play fantasy. If you're in that kind of thing. Think yeah. about all the different ones you can do. Boss secretary is still number one.
0: How do people keep like a straight face? Do they? Like if role playing to, boss secretary, like how do you actually you, you, you can't be doing it seriously, right? Like you're not you're not actually like into the role that hardcore where you can't even crack a smile. Like, how can you do that without laughing your ass off?
1: I still get very, very self-conscious. I can't do the role play thing. But in fairness, I'm consistent throughout my whole life. Even when I voice commercials, I won't play a character. So I'm just me. I'm out on the fantasies. But if you're doing the boss secretary fantasy. Kind of old school, but go ahead. Very. You, you, you do We you. don't
0: call them secretaries, boomer. Why don't you just calm
1: down? We're also not supposed to fuck the people at work. I yeah, mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. generally frowned or, upon too. Or encourage it with your spouse. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, why do I always have to be your secretary?
0: Why are you calling me her actual name? This is this is getting really funky here. What's happening?
1: <laughs> so what do you have? Uh, why don't you like... Sit at the counter like it's a desk and type away. Yeah. And then the boss comes in and I want to see you in my office right now. Or do
0: you switch it up? No, 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 no. If we're talking about a hetero role play, the guy's a secretary. Uh, Which is totally fine. Yeah. you, You be my assistant. You be my assistant today, you know? And Did you give me that report? I asked for it. You know, like all that shit. Mm-hmm. Again, like how do you just do that? How do you do it I'm laughing?
1: Yeah, I mean- it, I don't want to understand how people do it. You're on a slippery slope here because sometimes these things can actually work their way into your regular life. And if you talk to your uh, role play secretary- The way you talk to your regular secretary or the other way around, it's not going to work out that well. We're at a very PC time right now. There's certain things that you may do with your fantasy secretary or boss that you should absolutely not do in the workplace under any circumstances. And I know that because they made me watch that goddamn course online like three times. Of course. Second most popular role play, patient and nurse. Okay. Okay. I'll just leave it I,
0: I I like nurses these are really like these are really like old school this is old school shit man how old were the people doing the survey
1: uh Cosmo so whoever reads Cosmo okay. online I don't know I don't know eighteen percent still prefer the athlete cheerleader yeah these are so that what? Do I have to put equipment on before we start fooling around there's, here? Is is that the deal? Or they're so fucking. This
0: goes hand in hand with Halloween, though. I feel like because you could dress up like any number of these things for Halloween. Still,
1: absolutely, I absolutely. And hey, maybe that's where the outfit comes from to fulfill your weird little role playing <laughs> fantasies. You go ahead and order one of them.
0: Ra, rah rah! You were so good on the field. Now we should fuck. Like, <laughs> I just, how do you do Great it? Great catch! Fuck guys. me. <laughs> how do you guys do it without laughing? It's funny. I it's would laugh. It's funny as shit. It's the funniest thing. If you
1: don't commit to the role, the whole thing was a waste.
0: It's <laughs> boom, bad Do me from behind. <laughs> 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 I
1: just. Uh. Uh, Yandy is a website that for years has been making a lot of money off of selling sexy versions of popular Halloween costumes. Sure. And they're back. They've got a, a 30% off offer right now. I just noticed because I clicked on the site um, and and they're giving us a little insight into what slutty costumes people will be wearing this year for Halloween. Fabulous, Which is just over a month away now.
0: And they usually have a lot of like outrageous sexy costumes too, right? Like just the dumbest things you've ever seen.
1: They have several Playboy type costumes. Like here's the fine. The Playboy smoking hot fire girl costume. Sure. The Playboy smoking hot. Now, I don't, I'm going to guess that the material this costume is made out of is not flame retardant. You could Mm. probably be careful with that. But she does have a nice hat and a fire extinguisher. So yeah, safety first. Good for her. (laughs) There's the bold bunny costume. There's the cheer you on cheerleader costume. This could go back to that fantasy because all it is is a top and an extremely short skirt. Like it can't be more than three inches. There's no way it even comes halfway down your butt. And then the breasts are all exposed in the middle. So only really the nipples are covered, covered up. And it says daddy across the front. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a Halloween costume this year. There's the naughty nurse. Are we not involved?
0: Like, where's the evolution? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, sexy costumes are always going to be worn. But seriously, this is the same shit we had in 2002.
1: There's the Playboy construction cutie costume, right. which is, it's a construction vest. That, that snaps together at the front yeah. with, with like a, a Velcro or like a click-in or something like that. And that's literally it. If you turn <laughs> one way or the other, <laughs> your boobs are going to fall out.
0: Is it come with a helmet? It comes so with a, a helmet hat?
1: with the Playboy logo oh, on great, it. great. Yeah. A construction hat from oh, Playboy. Joy. Who would have thought? Uh, what else is good here? You probably We've,
0: did need that for some of the parties back in the day, though.
1: I would think so. And safety first. Mm-hmm. There's the giddy-up cowgirl costume, which looks very very buzz and woody it's almost like an animated sexy costume oh okay uh little red riding hood is back you could be the sexy uh fedex delivery girl if you'd like
0: yeah like where's the where's the uh, meal delivery people is there any of that shit like come on oh you want the, like an instacart give me, driver give me or me a sexy instacart driver <laughs> give me give me some of that
1: a lot of cowgirls on here. There's the Playboy Buckaroo cowgirl costume, hey, which is a little less than the other playgirl, but it's out there if you want
0: it. You know, like I'm just looking for a little bit of realness there because a lot of that shit, no, that ain't real. But yeah, give me that. Give me the drivers. Give give me some of them delivery. Give me an Amazon driver.
1: That's okay, great. I typed in driver. I can get you the sexy NASCAR driver, but that's uh, about it. There's no there's no Uber Eats or Instacart or give anything you, like you, that. A sexy
0: bus driver. Like nothing. <laughs> City bus driver? No. No.
1: Come on. Uh, but there, there is a um, uh, sexy cave babe costume. <laughs> Which I'm going to guess will keep your lower legs warm, but your breasts very cold.
0: I can picture it now. Sure. (laughs) sure I got it. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: The most popular costume so far this year, and it doesn't matter where you look, whether it's Halloween.com or Halloweencostumes.com is it, and Spirithalloween.com. Spirithalloween. Yeah. Very, very popular. Mm -hmm. They say the most popular by a mile this year is, no surprise, Top Gun.
0: Oh, Top Gun. Yeah. Trending. Of course. Yes.
1: You should see the sexy it's Top cool. Gun. Oh, I'm sure.
0: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's I'm sure. great. Yeah. T- you know what? It's Actually, just wings. The Top Gun one <laughs> would be sweet though. Like, I mean, for not the sexy Top Gun one, but the uh, the OG Top Gun would be like a nice comfortable one too. <laughs> you can make it sexy. I mean, you just wear like a like a bra underneath or whatever. Undies. It's fine.
1: And on that, happy Halloween shopping, everybody, and happy uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day shopping. My job today is to go out and find another new orange shirt for yeah, this year. And, and Friday is too. the big day, but it is so hard to find these shirts. They're sold out everywhere. If, uh, if you look at the Canadian Tire site, for example, they've got this year's design from Every Child Matters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sold out everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's hard to find, yeah.
1: You can go to Walmart. They've got a couple of kid sizes and some ladies... If you want just a regular run-of-the-mill men's medium, <laughs> I'm no sir.
0: I know. It's hard to find like any right now. So I, I it's that's good to know, I suppose, that, that so many people are doing it and, and a lot of them do go to a good cause or at least a majority of the profits. So that's all very positive, but I just worry I'm not going to be able to find one, uh, ones for everybody in time because I want some for the whole family. And it's hard to find that. But hopefully we can all find that because, uh, again, it is a good cause. And that
1: day is coming up on Friday. Have yourselves a great Monday, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with another episode of After Nine. Bye. A popular craft beer in Australia was recalled over concerns of excess alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the people who bought it were like, we can't recall anything. <laughs> Let's not forget about our friends in Puerto Rico. Man, they're having a rough time there. The hurricane hit that. Did you see that? The Red Cross still says the people there are without power. It's a weird, you know, thing. They're not a state, but they're not a country. They're in this vague gray area like Adam Levine's marriage. <laughs> Tinder is putting rescue dogs on their app Aww. to match them with potential owners. Yeah. It's exactly the same as normal Tinder. Everyone says they enjoy food and long walks on the beach. <laughs> the After Nine Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, Broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy.